This is Heather Fleming, founder and director of InPurpose Educational Services. And this is Delaney Ray, the assistant director of InPurpose Educational Services. And welcome to the Listen, Learn, Love podcast, where comfortable friends engage in sometimes uncomfortable conversations. So put your shame on the shelf. There is no room for shame here. And let's get ready to listen, learn, and love. So this is Delaney Ray here with the Listen, Learn, Love podcast, and I'm flying solo again this week. Heather is not here to record, but that's okay because I brought a very special guest to talk about some really important stuff we have going on. Today with me is one of our board of directors um, from In Purpose Educational Services, and this is so exciting. This is Christy Podhast, and please say hi to the listeners. Hello, listeners. First, what is it like being one of our on the board of directors at IPES? I really love being on the board of directors for IPES. Um, it's really allowed me to deepen my commitment and take action for equity work, anti-racism efforts, and just feeling good about finally taking action and bringing change to our community for the positive. And you really do all of those things. Um, You're amazing. Can I say what um, Katie Sesti always says about your spreadsheets? (laughs) What is oh (laughs) Yes, my spreadsheets. (laughs) Oh, Katie Sesti always says that Christy has the sexiest spreadsheets. Those two love (laughs) spreadsheets and numbers. I'm kind of like, oh, that's a lot of numbers. I'm really confused. Can somebody (laughs) give me like the, the quick dumb version of what's going on here? And absolutely. I love spreadsheets and numbers. And that's why I'm a little nervous for the podcast, but also at the same time, very excited to be here because of the work that we do. And that kind of pushes me outside of my comfort zone to using words instead of all the numbers that I prefer. Speaking of words, this is so exciting. And what's even more exciting about this is you and I just got some big news today regarding what we're going to talk about. So recently, we have just started a new program at InPurpose Educational Services, and you are here to talk about it, but we have partnered with a small local bookstore, and we, I'm going to let you talk more about them, but we are working towards providing copies of banned books. This is something Heather and I have talked about on the podcast. I think Katie was with us maybe when we talked about it, about the book banning situations that's going on here in Missouri. Actually, honestly, throughout the whole states right now, but specifically here in Missouri, we're following some of the legislation and um, school districts that are that are banning books. And so this was such a great brainchild. So take us through start to finish how this came to be. Well, start to finish, we received word that Winsville School District had banned the book, The Bluest Eye. And it just really struck a nerve with me that here we are in 2022 and book bans are still occurring within school districts. I love to read. I'm a member of several book clubs. I enjoy talking about books. I want my kids to read and access information that they can. So the fact that the school district banned The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, it was just, I don't know, it just set my 
set my heart on fire that it was just so wrong that this occurred. Um, Mm -hmm. And a a lot of people had brought it up on, I believe it was the Facebook page. They had talked about it and just thinking about what can we do? um, What can be done? We want to provide these books because now students don't have access to them in the Winsville School District. And just kind of the back and forth on that page, I was like, well, maybe we can just buy them and send them to them. Um, That was one idea. And then, or could we partner with somebody? And I've worked with I See Me before on some other donations that have been done to local schools. And so I thought, you know, I have a semi-contact here with Pamela Blair and sent her an email and asked her, hey, this is something that's going on. We would like to provide books, request donations, see if people want to submit a request to get a copy of the book, specifically in the Winsville School District, which we later expanded to Missouri and some other states. So I sent an email to Pamela Blair, whom I had worked with with, for some other donations for ICME to provide some um, diversity, equity, and inclusion resources to local schools and sent her an email asking her if she would be interested in a partnership with us regarding this book ban in order to provide The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison to the students or parents who would like to read a banned book. Pamela and Jeffrey Blair got back with us and they confirmed that they were very interested in the program. So we had our first meetings. They were excited for it. We thought, you know, we might maybe have like 20, 100 requests, something like that. And, you know, requests came in a little bit here and there. The local news picked it up and wrote a story on it, how, you know, we were opposed to the book ban and helping get the banned books into the hands of local students and Missouri residents. And then it's just kind of exploded from there. And exploded, it did. So it wasn't just the necessity of, you know, working with a bookstore and providing books. The big thing that that first exploded, which was exciting, was donations started rolling in. And I'm trying to remember, this kind of all went live on a Friday. Correct. Yeah, it was on a Friday. Before Monday, I think we had a couple of thousand dollars in donations. I think we had $10,000 in donations. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a lot more than a couple. <laughs> yeah, more than a couple, like $10,000 of donations, which was really, you know, it was really great to see that that many people were supporting the banned books. It really program. is great to see how many people jumped in and wanted to provide either the funding so that we could do this or wanted to request a book for themselves, for their family, for their, to either read themselves or to share with their children. So this is now fast forward. I don't know if we're at the, at the two week mark now. And we got some pretty big news today about what was the most, do you remember the most recent number of requests for books we've had? The most recent requests are 2050, I believe. That's a lot of books. It's a lot of books. It's and across a lot of different states. So, yeah. Well, that's the other part that's exciting is, you know, when I first started hearing about this and the ideas of it, my my initial understanding was this was really Missouri based. And then pretty soon we just started seeing this roll in from 
are we now at all 50 states? I, I, if not all, we are very, very close to all 50 states for sure. And then we realize this is this is a whole issue. I mean, the whole nation is struggling with this idea right now and what it means to ban books. And so it, it was such an amazing thing for us to start reading through all of these requests. And a lot of them, so I should let you talk more than me. You're, that's what you're here for. But what I really liked was in that spreadsheet that the amazing Katie Sesti put together, it asks people why they were requesting a book. And some of the answers were what was so amazing in this. Do you remember any you want to talk about? You know what? Let me pull that up really quick and take a look at some of the answers. Obviously not mentioning any names or locations or anything, but the answers were just amazing. The majority of the requests were coming from parents who wanted to provide this knowledge and read it and share it with their children. This was a lot of parents and if I'm remembering correctly, teachers. A lot of a lot of educators and a lot of parents, you know, just some of the examples were it's a great book. It should not be banned. I would like to read it with my oldest daughter. I think it's important for awareness. Uh, I would also like to share it after I'm done. Um, I want to read it with my high school daughter since it is a banned book. These were like reasons. Why are you interested in this book? Some of them were to read and share. I teach eighth grade language arts and we have been discussing banned books lately in class. I run a rural little free library and would like to promote banned books. I I love that one. Absolutely. I, I love to read. We've put up a little free library within our neighborhood subdivision, always wanting to share books, share knowledge. To me, that's just an integral part of who I am. It's how I grew up. It's what I, that's the power of reading other people's stories and hearing what, you know, their, their story is. The characters in the books have a story to tell. The author has a story to tell. And when people, when an author can do that well, like Toni Morrison, then we shouldn't be stifling those voices of the authors, the characters, the book as a whole, that it's just, it's just wrong. I I don't have any other words to say other than that is just wrong. Um, And I love that you feel that way, but I really love that that feeling drove action. You know, that, that you, you had those feelings, but then you, you put, you put the work and the effort behind it and you, you came up with this idea. You sought who, who can I, who can I take this to that can help? How can we make this a thing? And then here we are first month in with, you know, 2000 requests, which, which causes a little bit of its own. It's a beautiful problem to have. Right. Right. Um, But it is a bit of a problem. So for the listeners who also feel passionate about banned books and about this program, how can people help? How can people get involved and where, where can they find more information? You know, they really, in order to help and to take action, and I know not everybody's going to come up with, I'm going to create my own banned book program, but you want to help fight against banned books, then help us get these banned books into the hands of people who really want to read them. And once they're done, share, share them. So if you go to our website and go to the band book program link, you can sponsor somebody and sponsor so many books. The book 
the actual cost to purchase the book and ship it out is $15 a book for The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. So every $15 donation buys you the opportunity to give a banned book to somebody else. Yeah, so if you go to the Impurpose Educational Services website, which is impurposeeducationalservicesea.com, you know what? I always let Heather do this part. Listen to me. Heather's going to listen to this and she's going to laugh because she knows I don't remember those and things. I was like, You're going to make me say where? But yes, there is there is a spot on the website to go to this band book program. I love the fact that you pointed out fifteen dollars that would that would cover one book. You know, if you have thirty dollars to give, that's two books. This is a great way to get involved if this is a passion that you have and something that you also want to work against this book banning that's happening right now. And I will say back to the original Facebook group where the book banning was discussed and many members of the group were agitated by the book ban. Why did the book ban occur? Why did the Wentzville School District ban The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison when their own committee recommended not doing such a thing. So the board went against their own committee in banning this book. And people were rightfully so, so agitated with it and wanting to take action. And that's why a lot of the donations came in because of the action of getting these banned books to people who are going to read them and share them and hear these stories of the characters and hopefully look for more banned books to read. Um, and that website is inpurposeea.com. So I-N-P-U-R-P-O-S-E-E-A.com slash band hyphen book hyphen program. So at this website, you can donate to help fill our current requests and future requests that we're going to have for the banned books. Yeah, so going back to the previous episode we did on this, I was not familiar with this term. Are you, Christy, familiar with the term, the Barbara Streisand effect? I be- I'm not familiar with that term, but I feel like where you're going to go with this is that when you ban a book, it makes the book more popular. Yes, and I had never heard that. So apparently somehow, accidentally, pictures of a private property of Barbara Streisand's ended up on the internet. And then she worked really hard to have those photos removed. Well, the thing was, is people hadn't really clued into the fact that that was her property that was in the picture until she lobbied the the lawsuit to have it removed, right? That's what brought, then all of a sudden everybody knew what was going on and, and whose property it was. And so I thought that was such interesting phenomenon. So when I was hearing you talk, yeah, so this book was banned. People didn't understand it. And now we have 2,000 requests for this book. Exactly. Right. Now they want to know, why was this book banned? Why this one? And that happens with a lot of the banned books. Catcher in the Rye, Slaughterhouse-Five, The Hate You Give for more recent ones. It's it's sad in a way because history is repeating itself. I, I just don't understand why we can't learn from the history and not try to ban information that we deem, I don't even know what the argument is to ban the book, to ban the knowledge. School districts have processes in place if parents 
want their children to opt out of certain things. Wentzville School District had these processes in place and you know, there's no reason to ban the book for every single person in the school district. If there's just a few parents who don't want their children to read the particular book or to participate in learning about it through an AP English class. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things people don't understand was just because this book was banned from a school district doesn't mean that it was being taught in the classrooms at that school district. Correct. Some of them were, but basically it means that let's take away any chance of it ever being used or any portion of it being used, but go beyond that so that no no student can ever have access to that book from school libraries at, you know, to use for school projects. Absolutely. And it, it just it just doesn't sit well with me. I mean, I I don't understand why parents are wanting to ban their children from physical copies of books when the internet is open and children have access to that to see a lot more information than what's in a copy of a book. Probably most most kids are seeing more on the internet than they are in a, you know, 250-page book. As the parent of young adults, I don't believe you, and I don't want to hear any more about this. (laughs) Not my children. Not your children. Not not my children. (laughs) Maybe these parents give their kids flip phones. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, maybe. I think it is kind of about this sense of control. You know, and I do. I think it's, it's a misplaced sense of control. And it's not accidental that most of the banned books are are about marginalized voices. And that rep- truly, that is what's sad, right? Like mm-hmm. marginal, continuing, continuing to marginalize the voices of of people, like silencing their voice for for what purpose? If we don't hear the stories, then the people don't exist. I mean, it's it's sad and it's ridiculous. That, that it is occurring. And I mean, I think you're right. I think it's the idea that if my, you know, if my children never hear the horrible stories about the history of slavery, slavery, they won't have to feel guilt. If my children never have access to hear about any story of an LGBTQ, LGBTQ voice, my, then that'll prevent my children from ever being LGBTQ themselves, right? Like it's, it's this, it's desire for a control that doesn't exist. What it really does is it provides, um, it provides a sense of, of, of acknowledgement for those marginalized youth. You know, if your kid is gay, your kid is gay. It's, it's not because of a book they may or may not read, but it could really change the course of their life as far as being able to fulfill their own happiness earlier on by seeing themselves reflected in something they're reading. Well, and uh, you know, the subject can be very difficult to talk about incest, child sexual abuse. These are difficult topics. We don't want, we wouldn't wish that on anybody, but it still occurs and children 
or young adults, you know, it it's happened to them. And so by not talking about it, just continues to perpetuate a feeling of shame about something that they had no control over occurring in the first place. So by ignoring all of life, both the good and the bad, a lot of voices don't have the space to really process what's occurring to them. And knowing that something has happened to somebody else and that they've lived through it and moved on and, you know, are doing well can provide hope and understanding of what's occurred and movement forward from that place. And that's a great point you brought up. You know, some of these topics that are so difficult and uncomfortable And we don't ever want our children to be in difficult and uncomfortable situations. And maybe hopefully we'll be lucky enough that our children aren't. But what if some of their friends are, you know, and these stories allow them to know how to be good friends, how to be helpful in situations. And also how to have empathy and understanding that, you know, somebody else's life is different from yours and that's okay. And Books allow you to increase your empathy and increase your understanding of what another um, person has gone through. Because although these characters may be fictionalized, you're still living, when you're reading, you're living through that fictionalized character's life and understanding and, and being able to picture and imagine what it's like to be that character, to be that person. So by reading, you're exploring different ways of being, whether that's in a different culture, um, if it's a book on travel. I mean, there's so many books on so many different things. And it's, it's not like authors just quickly write these books. There's research in them. There's multiple drafts. You're able to, when I read a 250-page book and several hours, I'm able to go someplace other than where I live and feel like, what would it be like to be there, to imagine that? And I'm taking the authors probably months, if not years worth of work and research, and I'm in that place in like four hours, right? You know, and I'm in there and I understand what the author has spent a long time putting together, I'm able to get a glimpse of a different part of the world, a different experience in the world. So to not offer that to our children or to other adults and to ban that experience, who gets to decide to ban an experience that somebody is able to learn about? What committee decides? What school district decides? And why do they have the power to say what I, what myself or my children can or cannot learn about through a work of literature. Well said. I mean, honestly, well said. And what a great program you have gotten started and put together. I hope everyone will go to the website. We'll look into it. We'll think about whether or not they're in a position to be able to donate to provide a copy of a banned book or at least just you know, stay involved and see what's what's going on and stay involved in what's going on in your own school district when it comes to, to banning books and speak up if that doesn't sit well 
with you because that's the other part is that there are some very loud voices. But what we've found out through this process is the the, the numbers of people who support keeping books available is very large. They just maybe weren't the most vocal. I definitely agree with you there. Um, what my time on the board has allowed me to see is, you know, sometimes it feels like we're the minority, but especially with this banned book program and the censorship, the, the anti-censorship that we're doing, it's allowed me to see that more people are in support of our efforts than I had realized because the loud voices have been drowning out the number of reasonable voices out there who understand that banning information is a very, very slippery slope to, to censorship overall and probably more aspects of our lives other than one or two or 50 books that we just cannot ban information and people's experiences. That's just not, it's just not right. Absolutely. Well, it, I, I'm an avid reader. I love to read. I read a lot. And I will tell you that if I were in control of banning books, it would be basically just based on, you know, books that I hated the ending, right? So like pretty much every Michael Crichton book, off, gone, <laughs> off the list. Um, books that just irritated me to no end. Twilight, the whole Twilight saga, gone, just gone. Doesn't exist anymore. Delaney's banned it. <laughs> See, Sparkling, I like those books. I don't Sparkling know. vampires out of here. I'm sorry I just banned it, Christy. You can't read it anymore. I can't read it. I can't nope. just go and have my little fun nope. read nope. and be good with it. Just nope. be like, you know what? You're gonna you're gonna have to get somebody to to offer fifteen dollars to get you a copy. I of know my, to get me my, a copy of Twilight, my newly banned Twilight. <laughs> I mean, I like books for a lot of different reasons. I've read Twilight. Don't ban my book, Delaney. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. It's gone. It's out of here. No, I'm just teasing you. I'm just making fun. <laughs> but it is, it is kind of arbitrary, you know, for me to decide, okay, I didn't like this book. Nobody should read it. I know. Why? Like, what gives you the right to decide that? And what gives you the right to say, decide what my children can or cannot read? Like, why is, why is that Delaney's right? Well, if Delaney had the right to ban anything, it might be football. I really was irritated <laughs> that they played so much football during my awesome concert <laughs> last Sunday. But we all know how much I don't like the sport ball. The sport ball. I, I didn't know who was playing actually until that morning. I'm I'm I don't know if I'm sad to say that's true, but that's just the truth. I don't Pay attention to it. <laughs> but did you know that Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Eminem were going to be on the halftime show? Yes, I did know that. And I was ready to watch the halftime show and very much look forward to the halftime show. My point, that, my point stands. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. I'm glad that wasn't banned. Right? No, I, well, I didn't ban the halftime show. I'm just threatening to ban the whole Super Bowl so we can just have a full, like, four hours of halftime show. <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to be given the power to ban things. <laughs> That's what you're going to ban, sports ball. Sports ball. I'm so glad you were here today. Was this 
Was this scary? Was this awful? This was a little scary. I mean, I'm the numbers person. If you want a spreadsheet, not scary. Maybe you're scared of numbers and not podcasts. So yeah, it was a little bit, but you're very comfortable and easy to talk to. And I love that Aww. you can edit me out. <laughs> you can just piece it all back together, Delaney, <laughs> into okay. this marvelous masterpiece that are your podcasts that I love. We don't we don't want anybody to know that I edit out the weird parts. We want people to think that I'm never weird. <laughs> Not the weird parts. Me and my <laughs> awkward pauses of uh and um and you know, I guess I'm gonna have to start going to Toastmasters or come on more podcasts. <laughs> I hope you will come on more podcasts. You know, it is something that I think it is it's like a muscle, right? You know, you just have to do it. Katie would be Katie would be one of the first ones to tell you how terrified she was to come on the first episode and and now she loves it. So um yeah, we'll have to get you back. I love hearing a voice of somebody who's, you know, one of our board of directors and you know, who could really speak to this new program that I'm just so thrilled about and so proud of you for for getting going. So thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And thank you and Heather for having your LEAP Institute, which I participated in. And now I'm trying to get my action, not trying, I'm doing, I'm taking my action in the ways that make sense to me and that I have passion for, which are books and equity education and helping people learn new experiences through the act of reading. So thank you, Delaney and Heather. And why are you so comfortable with podcasts? What's your background? Um, I'm not good with numbers. So talking is all I've got. <laughs> Which you're amazing at and make people like me who don't like to do a lot of talking like this um, comfortable. So. so do you know that my degree was in communications and I my minors were persuasion and public speaking. Oh, there you go. See, you are born to do this. My degree was in electrical engineering and a minor in English literature. <laughs> well, I'm kind of surprised about that minor. Uh, well, I like to read. <laughs> okay. Okay. So reading the words, it's not the reading of the words. No, the head. reading of the words no. I'm comfortable with. The speaking of the words. It's the speaking of them. Well, like you know it. what? As as we often say here on the Listen, Learn, Love podcast, words are hard. They, they are hard. We, we trip <laughs> over our tongues all the time. Well, thank you so much. I hope to have you back, and I really appreciate Absolutely. that you are on here. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can email us at listenlearnlove at inpurposeea.com. Find us on Facebook at Listen Learn Love Podcast. And please consider supporting us through our new membership program at inpurposeea.com backslash memberships. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at inpurposees or on Twitter at inpurposeea. Hey, we'll see you next week.